And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 119, I think, I believe, I'm pretty sure. Let me just double check that. I have already checked it, and I'm just going to have to check it again. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is 119 of, yeah, the ever-forgetful Lupa's Bits. (laughs) I am your host, the ever-forgetful Lupa. Um, Yeah. I am uh, on my own again, so I am sans live studio audience. Uh, And this episode, um, um, let's just say it's going to be interesting. Uh, First, with some housekeeping, um, I know you've heard me talking about um, our author meet and greet that was supposed to start on February 4th. And you're probably wondering why you haven't seen any advertisements or any hype or anything like that. It's because I completely forgot I have a leadership meeting on that day and cannot um, host the author meet and greet. So I'm going to have to move it to another day. I need to talk to my author. That was supposed to be um, kicking this whole Uh, thing off and set up a new day so we will do that and uh let's see next month on the 20 well this month actually on february the 21st um cliff flint who is the winner of the occ for 2022 his book promised rewards is being released and I'm really excited about this one. It's I've been editing it, and it's a really good book. Um, I mean, I love Viking stories anyway, and I love the sagas. So this is right up my alley. And anybody who likes um, medieval Viking uh, sagas, tales, it's, it's a really good book. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. So that's coming out, and our Book of the Month club has kicked off, and our uh, first group of subscribers will be getting their book this month, and it is Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner. It is actually um, a true story of a fantastical life. I mean, this woman has lived a life, a bizarre interesting incredible life and when it says dried monkey meat for dinner that's what they ate was dried monkey meat no joke so that will be going out to our book of the month club subscribers for february and uh you can find a description of the book if you like you can go to myth mart and check it out uh let's see do 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 what else we got um no we won't be going live because i will be in a meeting you know i'm an idiot (laughs) i completely you know forgot about the meeting i just oh i don't know where my brain is well i do know where my brain is my brain is not focused where it should be um and i mean you guys all listen to what I had to say last week. I mean, look at me go. Here we are two weeks in a row. <laughs> I'm on the ball. Um, I'm in the 11th hour, of course. It is uh, Thursday afternoon and um, this will need to be edited pretty much when it's finished uh, or sometime this evening to be ready to launch for tomorrow. But, you know, it'll be there. I will be there. I will, you know, do my thing. Um, not much has happened this week. Um, we've had a few uh, backstabbing um, 
company moments from previous employees that I, I don't want to say they stabbed intentionally stabbed us in the back, but I mean, you know, it's got feathers and walks like a duck. What do you, what do you call it? That's exactly what it looks like. Um, you know, they've taken everything that we taught them, everything they learned from working with our company and how our company is structured and how our company is laid out and all of the different factions of our company, like the magazine, like the podcasting, uh, like the entertainment sector, like our publishing and our comic books and all of that and our online store and from where I'm sitting, pretty much gave them our blueprint because all of a sudden this is cropping up out of nowhere with the exact same layout. It's kind of coincidental. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, I'm not one to mince words, but unfortunately, I am the CEO now. So I do have to maintain a professional persona. But I mean, you know, you call a duck a duck. Walks like a duck. It talks like a duck. If it has feathers like a duck, I'm pretty sure it's a duck. So, yeah. But I'm still dealing, I'm still struggling with um, all of the responsibilities that I have. Um, I did, I, can't, I don't really know if I could say we had a talk because it was more of, of me um, telling him how I felt and then him offering um from where I was sitting, unacceptable solutions. Because <laughs> no, 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 the 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 solutions he was offering, I was not um, willing to accept because no. Um, and I mean, it, it was it was nice that he was offering solutions, but I don't think it was solutions that I was looking for. More as it was an understanding of where I was in the whole process. Um, and it's still, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm still working on it. I'm still dealing with it. Um, I did get some writing done on magically this week, which was weird. <laughs> gonna lie it was weird to revisit these characters um i haven't worked on magically in a long time because it just it became a struggle the story became a struggle the story wasn't there i know what i want to happen i know where it needs to end up but all of the in-betweens weren't there so i had to put it away and work on something else and then I had a dream um, a couple of weeks ago um, about Belle and Marcus, and uh, I saw things happening. And then my brain started going, okay, well, we can do this, and we can do that, and we can do this. And then I revisited what I had written and changed some of it, of course, you know, as one does. <laughs> I refuse to look at the first page because I've changed that. And rewritten that opening and it, what originally was chapter one has now become a pro, um, a, a prologue, prologue, epilogue, prologue. I don't know. Whichever one comes first. I think it's prologue comes first. Um, oh, gee. There's a credit for me for being an editor. <laughs> I told you my brain's not functioning today. Um, so I refuse to revisit the first page because I'm not, I, I will, I will rewrite it. I will. I will not be satisfied with what's there or I think it needs to be reworded or something and I will rework it till it's, you know, beyond recognition. Um, and I think it's perfectly fine the way it is. 
So I just kind of went back and refreshed my memory. I went back like a chapter or two and kind of refreshed where I was. And I found a couple of inconsistencies um, with timeline and well, not really an inconsistency, like they were going to go the next day and then he realized it's going to take a little bit more planning. So I had to put a line in there that reflects the change in timeline for what they are planning on doing. So, um, and then I had to refresh, did I reveal what Savage was? Did I, you know, have I done this? Have I done that? Where are we in the list of things that I was planning? And I think that was part of my problem is that I sat down and I planned it out. I didn't just let it flow naturally. And um, because I wasn't letting it flow naturally, it didn't flow at all. So I've gone back and I've kind of changed a few things here and there, added a line, took away a line, added a paragraph, changed past tense, changed this tense, change that, you know, made this already happen, make that not happen yet. Um, I went from there and I did manage to get almost another full chapter written today. Um, so I think I got almost a thousand words written and I had only sat down to write for about an hour. Um, so that was pretty good. I was pleased with that. And I have to go back over and read it to make sure that it it's still in the same voice. It still flows the same. Um, but, yeah, my bad guy in this one is a really bad guy. You all hated Abby in the first one. Wait till you meet Sebastian Buchanan. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a nasty boy. But, um... Yeah, it was, it was kind of nice to sit down with them today and, and revisit their world. Um, so I've been working on that and, um, you know, doing all of the things that I'm supposed to be doing um, in the professional world and outside of the professional world, kind of. <laughs> I haven't done any of the chores that I had set for myself to do. I managed to get dressed. So, you know, there's a plus, but I'm still kind of, um, I have some, um, issues cropping up with, um, I don't know how to say this without saying it because I can't really say, I can't speak to the outside issue that I'm having. Um, but it's still there. It's still a worry. It's still a, a ball of panic in the middle of my chest. Every time I think about it, um, when I'm think when, when I think I've, I've forgotten about it, um, it pops up and takes my breath away and it's, and then I'm right back into panic mode. I've been running in panic mode since last week. Um, Shortly after I recorded last week was when this new kick to the head cropped up. Um, and I kind of did it to myself in a way that I was ill-informed and um, didn't take necessary precautions to ensure my privacy. So... Yeah, I kind of did it to myself and I, uh, I'm waiting pretty much for the hammer to fall and to see what comes of it. Um, so far there's been no reply because I mean, I didn't try and hide it. I didn't try and lie. I, I admitted, oh yeah, yes, yes. Uh, this is new to me. This is what I was informed of. This is what I was told. Uh, what do I do? What can I do? You know, where do we go from here? I was very honest. I was very upfront um, because you don't screw around with the government. So, yeah, that's kind of where we are. So I will be in a relative state of 
um, operating panic until I find out how it's going to go. And I think once, even if it's worst case scenario, I think once I find out how it's going to go, I will be able to deal with it and figure out where I go from there. It's the not knowing, you know, it's the not knowing. So I wanted to, uh, <laughs> I didn't really mean for this episode to kind of get on the serious side. I was hoping that I could um, bring a little more fun and frivolity back into my episodes. I've, it's been a while since I've, I've had a funny one uh, or a good one or a, a let's 50 things that we need to know kind of ones. Um, <laughs> I was watching TikTok the other day, as I do, and I saw a duet of um, somebody was duetting this guy who was reviewing a potato chip of a particular flavor. Uh, let's just call it the kitty chip, okay? Because I don't want my podcast full of the, that annoying beeping sound. So we're going to call it the kitty chip. Kitty flavored chip. And I don't mean the four-legged cat, Okay. Um, and if I, I'm not going to give you the website, um, because that would just, how do I make this go away? They keep trying to, I'm at, oh, I keep forgetting. There's the, okay. So I'm at the, uh, website right now <laughs> because I need to, <laughs> they have two. Okay. They have two and they actually now have a Valentine's combo. <laughs> There's Big Chaz, which is, um, let's say sausage flavored chips to keep this semi PG and kitty flavored chips. I want to read to you the ingredients. Okay. First of all, you would go away. Yes, I'm 18. I don't know what language this is. I think it's Lithuanian. I'm not sure. <laughs> but first of all, okay, so you would assume a potato chip is made out of potato, right? And then they add the flavoring. Well, these are only the, the, the sausage flavored, the, the Richard flavored potato chip is 55% potato. 55% potato. What is the other 45%? What, what, how do you only get 55% potato? If you put potato in it, it's 100% potato. But it's only 55% potato. Then rapeseed oil, maltodextrin, spices, salt, tomato powder, sugar, yeast extract, he might want to see a doctor about that, 0.6% smoked salt. Now remember, these are the Richard flavored potato chips, citric acid, flavoring, and, and, the kicker, natural flavoring. Uh, do what now? Natural flavoring. Let that sink in for a moment. Okay. Okay. Where are they getting the natural flavoring for the Richard flavored potato chip? And if it tastes like that, ew, who's, ew, <laughs> ew, natural flavoring. Okay, so then you have the kitty flavored, okay, kitty flavored potato chips. Now, these are a little more potato than the Richard flavored potato chips. These are 56% potatoes. Um, again, they're, they've got potatoes that are missing parts. 
And then you've got your rapeseed oil, maltodextrin, salt, onions, garlic, sugar, cream powder, mm-hmm. yeast extract, and these are the kitty-flavored chips. Acidity regulator, you know, to keep the pH balance, I guess. Uh, lemon powder, uh, lemon juice powder, parsley, black pepper, natural sour cream flavoring, citric acid, bay leaves, and yes, yet again, natural flavoring. Um... I have questions. <laughs> I have I have questions. I have questions. Um first of all, their marketing uh the go to you know I went to their site and I went to their page and I went to their adult section because they have an adult chip section and I really don't think it was a good idea to put the Bloody Mary chips beside the kitty flavored chips. Ew, that's just wrong. Um, they have cannabis protein kettle chips. They have a bong set. I'm not sure what that is. Okay, this thing needs to go away. It keeps, I don't know what it is because I can't read it. Um, they want to be friends, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're very interesting. Um, they're not in Canada or the U.S. <laughs> and it says, I love, I love how it says Chaz. Oh, okay, there you go. I gave you the name. Uh, Real Vegetables. Real chips. Not if they're only 56% potato. They are not real chips. Not if they're only 56% potato. They are 56% chips. Not real chips. Because they're missing parts. 56% potato does not make a real chip. I'm sorry. It does not. Um... Oh, look, they're made from natural Lithuanian vegetables, so they are Lithuanian. They're gluten-free and vegan-friendly. Well, the natural flavoring in the kitty chips and the Richard-flavored chips, if neither one of them are vegans, then um, they can't say that they're vegan-friendly. Because the natural flavoring isn't... Yeah. I just... I, I... I can't wrap my brain around it. So anyway, the guy on TikTok was trying the chip and he says it's kind of vinegary and fishy and like, well, um, and then I found out they were Lithuanian. Draw your own conclusions. Um, yeah. Yep. So that 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 kind of led me down the weirdest foods around the world um and I'm looking right now at I'm gonna like it's gonna make me hurl <laughs> so we've got kiviak I think that's how you pronounce it it's from Greenland and it's consisting of hundreds of dead auk birds stuffed into the body of a dead seal. Oh, oh, I'm going to be sick. The seal is then sealed up to be completely airtight, covered in oil to repel flies and maggots, and then fermented for three months. Okay, the pungent, toxic-smelling bird meat is said to taste a bit like very mature cheeses or licorice. I like cheese, but I don't like licorice. The dish is often eaten over the winter months when it is harder to catch food, and especially at special occasions such as Christmas or bird. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, okay, so South Korea has one called the penis fish. Of course, who wouldn't want to eat a fish shaped like a penis? Well, in South Korea, the penis fish is a popular delicacy known as gabul, 
Fish is typically eaten raw, sliced, and served with a savory sesame oil sauce. It is purportedly a little bland with a slight sweet taste, which makes the sauce crucial. At least it's not salty. Um, Casu Marzu from Italy. So Casu Marzu, and if I'm totally mispronouncing these, let me know, is quite simply pecorino cheese that has been completely decomposed and uh, oh, occupied by maggots. <laughs> nope. It is dangerous to eat and could be fatal. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Which is why it is banned in most countries. Great. It originates from Italy where it is eaten by those in desperate poverty who have little else to eat. It is now a sought-after delicacy on the black market for those who wish to try the infamous illegal cheese and those that have a death wish. Hakar, Iceland. I've heard of this one. Hakarl is an Icelandic delicacy of fermented shark meat that is famed for its incredibly pungent odor. It takes nine weeks for the fermentation process to reduce the natural toxins in shark meat making it ready to eat with no cooking required at all. I have eaten shark once just because I wanted to eat something before it could eat me. Snake soup, China. They have weird food over there. That's all I'm going to say. Snake soup is a 2,000-year-old delicacy eaten mostly throughout China, but also some other parts of Asia. Different snakes can be used, and often a customer will pick out the snakes they want to use. However, the most popular snakes eaten are python and water snake. It is cooked over a period of six hours and is considered to be healthy and full of medicinal benefits. I don't care. Ew. No. Oh, oh, this is the, yeah, this is the sheep's head. I can't look. I'm going to scroll past the picture. Although not particularly well known for their weird food, this Norwegian West recipe for sheep's head, known as Smalahov, wins the prize for being just outrageously odd. Smalahovi is a very traditional recipe that is usually eaten on the Sunday before Christmas. After preparing and boiling the sheep's head, it is often then served with rutabaga and potatoes. The tastiest part of the sheep's head is apparently the cheek. One serving is usually half a sheep's head per person. Yum! <laughs> no! Oh, here we go. Sir Stroming is well known as the smelliest food in the world. And for very good reason. This disgustingly stinky fermented fish is banned on planes due to the powerful odor it emits. Swedes usually eat surströming with thin flatbreads and oatbreads, and it reportedly has a very sour, sharp, peppery taste with a salty baseline of flavor. Mostly, though, people say it tastes awful. This is a dish that's only for the brave or stupid. Take your pick. Horming, hormaga colona, edible, fa edible fat-bottomed ants, Colombia. Fat-bottomed ants are a popular delicacy in Colombia, where they are either roasted or fried or eaten like peanuts. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to pop open the shell of an ant and pop it in my mouth like a peanut. Nuh-uh. There are lots of health benefits to hormiga coluna which are a great source of protein and even considered to be an aphrodisiac. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you're eating ants, I'm not kissing you. <laughs> Most report that they have a smoky flavor and are quite crunchy. You think? Bird's nest soup. Oh, I'm afraid. It looks like, um, I don't even know how to describe this. It looks like chicken stock that the natural flavoring from the Richard flavored potato chips has been added to. Bird's nest soup is a popular delicacy in various parts of China. Here we are in China again. 
The nest of a swiftlet, ah, is used to cook a brothy soup with endless purported health benefits. It is said that bird's nest soup helps to tackle Alzheimer's, repair skin, increase immunity, reduce fatigue, restore cell damage, damaged cells, and many more. Is it like the elixir of life? However, bird's nest soup is known for being a pretty expensive delicacy due to the cost of purchasing the nest itself. This is likely due to the demand and lack of supply since obtaining the nest is quite dangerous, and there are many ethical considerations with oversupplying them. Uh, oh my gosh. Tamalock woodworm. Yep, sounds just like it. It looks just like it sounds. The tamalock woodworm is a popular Filipino delicacy. That sounds like something you'd find in World of Warcraft or something. Or Final Fantasy. Filipino delicacy found in decaying, rotten logs in swamps like mangroves. It's an actual worm! The wood is then cracked open in order to extract the slimy creatures from inside. Once you've cracked open the log, you can find the tamalock clams wiggling around the wood, making holes as they go along. Similar to oysters, it has a fishy, slimy texture, complemented by a very off-putting stench. Okay, I want to know who was the person that found these disgustingly smelling things and thought it was a good idea to put them in their mouth? I, I want to know. Cow's intestines. I mean, I'm all right. I'm all about using all the parts of the animal. And I understand back in the day when, you know, hunting could be, hunting could have gone wrong. Fishing could have gone wrong. It could have had a poor crop that summer that food was scarce and you had to do what you had to do. You had to eat what was available. So I get it, but I don't know. If it stinks, don't put it in your mouth. Don't eat it. Cow intestine. Why would you want to eat that? Do you know what goes through cow intestine? Really? This one actually looks delicious. No, it doesn't. But it's actually a recipe made from cow intestines. Tripas or tripe is not actually that uncommon. In fact, there are lots of countries around the world that have traditionally eaten it. But Mexico and Portugal are two of the countries that have continued to eat it regularly. And take a guess at how many Mexicans eat it and how the Mexicans eat it. That's right, a taco. No, the delicious cow's stomach. I, 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 I don't know, dude. Don't be throwing delicious in front of something you haven't tried. Can be cooked and then eaten with a delicious taco sauce made out of fish sauce, jalapeno, and lime juice. It's going to take an awful lot of jalapeno to get me. Yeah, no. Oh, here we go. U.S. Deep fried butter balls. Yeah. Deep fried butter balls. And I'm not talking turkey. America, land of the free, home of the deep fried butter. Yes, that's right. Americans have decided to take a large piece of fat and deep fat fry it in order to create this absolute monstrosity of a snack. Okay, excuse me, you just said a moment ago that cow intestine was delicious and you're calling deep fried butter a monstrosity. I think the writer of this article needs to have his head examined. I guarantee you're looking at this and contemplating whether you would try it, and I agree it would probably taste delicious. But let's face it, deep fried butter balls are pretty disgusting and deserving of a place on this list of weird foods. Shoikara, Japan. Shoikara is a Japanese delicacy of squid intestines fermented in their own viscera. Ew. I can't look at the picture knowing that's what it is now. It's stinky slimy, and a very acquired taste that Westerners will struggle to stomach. I can't even look at the picture. Fugu fish. Ah, yes, the famous fugu. It's a type of puffer fish eaten as a delicacy in Japan and known for the fact that it can be potentially deadly if not prepared correctly. The fish contain naturally contains poison, which needs to be very carefully separated from the meat by specialized chefs. Buchada de Bodhi, Brazil. 
or otherwise known as goat intestines. I'm telling you, you people like to eat the poop packaging. I don't know what's wrong with you. Now, the worst thing about this dish is that it looks absolutely disgusting. It really does. It looks like an intestine about to explode. Buchata de Bode is essentially the intestines of a kid goat that is cooked and served in the stomach. Ah, but really, cooking intestines in the stomach isn't unique to Brazil. Haggis in Scotland is very similar to this as it uses utilizes the stomach as a method to hold and cook ingredients. We won't eat haggis either. Cui guinea pig, Peru. And then they add lima beans to the plate, which just makes it worse. Cui is hugely popular in Peru and is very easy to find. It is essentially guinea pig, which can be cooked in a number of ways, such as spit roasting or frying. Tourists often want to try cui as it's gained a reputation as a must-try dish when visiting the country. This means that stalls and restaurants will serve the dish to tourists all year round, even though it is mostly eaten by Peruvians on special occasions. It's also eaten in other parts of South America, such as Colombia and Bolivia. Basically, anywhere where guinea pigs are considered to be a pest rather than a pet. The cooked guinea pig is then commonly served with potatoes and vegetables. Oh, I've heard about this one. Actually, I do believe it was on Expedition Unknown um, that Josh Gates actually got to try one. It's called a century egg. Century egg or hundred year egg is a black preserved egg of a duck, chicken or quail. Of course, century egg got its name from the art of preserving the egg for hundreds of years before eating, but more commonly, they are just a few months old. Still, a very old egg doesn't sound too delicious to me. The egg turns black with a dark green yolk after being processed in clay, ash, and quicklime. The taste of a century egg, of course, it has a very strong taste, apparently. Stuffed, oh, this is from Canada. Um, yeah, we have weird food too. Stuffed moose heart. Oh, Canada, land of the moose, home of the stuffed moose heart. In fact, this dish does something very typical of the interesting dishes we uncover on Travel Food Atlas. That's where I am. Much like dishes such as the Peruvian dish made from cow hearts, utilizing all of the available organs of the animal rather than just eating the meat is a common trend. The moose heart is not wasted and is instead cleaned and trimmed, then stuffed with garlic, celery, onion, sage, and herbs. It's called stuffing. And it is then roasted and sliced up, ready to eat. Oh, here we go. This is how COVID started, isn't it? Fruit bat soup. Fruit bat soup is a dish consumed in the Pacific island of Palau, where it is once a staple of the local diet. It is now considered to be more of a delicacy but it acts as a great source of protein, and so it was a very useful dish to cook. Fruit bats get their name from the fact that they feed on fruit, as opposed to most bats who feed on insects. There are mixed reviews about the taste of fruit bat soup, with some very passionate advocates, whereas others who are slightly underwhelmed by the flavor. Frog's legs. France. I've actually tried frog's legs. No, they don't taste like chicken. They taste like frogs. Frog legs are a famous French dish dish consisting of the legs of frogs, cooked in a wide variety of ways, also known as cuisset de granule. Uh, my French is a little rusty. Frog legs can either be grilled, stewed in a soup, stir-fried, baked, boiled, sautéed, or battered and fried. Frog's legs are known to be packed with nutrients including protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin A, and potassium. As far as the taste and texture is considered, frog meat is believed to share a lot of similarities with chicken and fish. Crocodile skewers. Everyone knows Australia, hi Tim, is famous for its crocodiles. But not many people know that crock meat can make a delicious skewer. In the USA, they make a similar recipe with alligator meat, particularly in regions such as Florida or Louisiana where alligators are a common pest. Usually the meat of a reptile is considered to be quite rubbery, but those who cook it often will have recipes to marinate the meat that softens it up. After grilling on a barbecue, the skewers are often served as a kebab with pita bread and salad. Delicious, but still weird. 
chicken feet, multiple countries. Do you know, I have been to the Food for Less here in, in where I am, been to the, the local grocery store, and I've seen chicken feet just there. Chicken feet, toenails included. Mm-hmm, chicken feet. How much meat could there possibly be on the chicken? I'm, uh, on the feet, I'm telling you. Chicken feet are a delicacy in many countries throughout the world, including Mexico, China, Indonesia, Eastern Europe, Jamaica, and many more. In China, chicken feet are fried, steamed, and then simmered in a spicy soy-based sauce. They're often eaten as a simple bar snack that can be served, but can be served as a main dish. No. Back to Canada. Jellied moose nose. Jellied moose nose is a delicacy in Canada and Alaska, where a moose nose is cooked in garlic, salt, pickling spices, and vinegar, and then cooled in a broth to form a jelly-like substance. Nope. Here we go. Prairie oysters. This is Argentina. Bull's testicles. Criadillas. What doesn't? Well, doesn't that look like a delicious piece of meat? Nope. See, it's something I have seen on, um, what was that show with Joe Rogan? Um, oh, what, what, Fear Factor. Yes. Uh, probably the grossest part of the animal to eat, and definitely one of the strangest dishes eaten in the world. But bull testicles are not that rare. In Argentina, Spain, and Mexico, I'm telling you, those Mexicans eat some really weird things. The testicles are fried and served with salsa. But in the U.S., you might know them as Rocky Mountain Oysters. Criadillas is the Latino recipe for bull's testicles that comes out looking surprisingly not too bad once cooked. Eating testicles might not sound too appetizing, but it is a surprisingly common snack in countries where bullfighting is popular. Wasp crackers, Japan. There is no picture, thank goodness. Wasp crackers, crackers, also called jibachi senbei, are a Japanese snack similar to senbei rice crackers, but filled with digger wasps. Other ingredients include water, eggs, sugar, salt, oil, sesame seeds, and soya sauce. Um, well, if you are allergic, don't eat them. Old wasp hunters set traps near the neighboring countryside to capture the wasps. They are then added to the boiling water, and once boiled, they are dried and combined with the rice cracker mixture. The blend is then stamped into a hot iron cracker cutter. Oh, back to the good old U.S. of A. Canned bread. I've seen these. They're weird. Canned bread is exactly what it sounds like. It's bread in a can. Canned bread was purportedly created in the 1920s when ovens were less common, and so steaming over an open fire was the easiest way to make bread. That is exactly how canned bread is made, and despite the fact that regular bread is now cheap and widely available, canned bread never went away. Whilst it might be useful in an extreme emergency, it is very dense and chewy. It is typically eaten with butter, cream cheese, or jam. Well, no. Beef tongue tacos. They will put anything in a taco. Anything. Beef tongue tacos are a delicacy in Mexico where the tongue of a cow is cooked in a sauce and served in tacos with chilies. Live dancing shrimp gung ten, Thailand. I like Thai food, but I draw the line on dancing food. Gong ten or dancing shrimp is a delicacy in northern Thailand where a bowl of live shrimp are doused in sauce and served to the customer to eat raw. The shrimp are often calm until they are covered in the sauce, which then causes them to jump around trying to escape, giving the illusion that they are dancing. The sauce is in fact delicious, so the flavor and taste is not actually that gross. But the fact that you're eating a live animal that is one of the most bizarre sensory experiences you could have with food. Muktuk. Greenland and Canada. Yes. Muktuk is an Inuit delicacy consisting of the skin and blubber of a bowhead, narwhal, or beluga whale, cut into chunks. It is often served raw, but can be also be pickled and deep fried before serving with soy sauce. Preskopf, Germany. You can buy this one for $2.78.
Bruskopf is a type of German sausage that is made by cooking various animal parts and internal organs in a broth. It is then formed into a gelatin and cut into slices of sausage to eat cold, either on its own or in a sandwich. Hmm. Fisek. Egypt. Fisek is a potentially deadly, very smelly Egyptian fish delicacy. It is most well known for being deadly if it is not prepared correctly. But its pungent smell is outrageous. Again, who thought it was a good idea to take something that smells and put it in their mouth? The fish is preserved in salt for two weeks or more, which is what causes its signature smell. It is then deep fried and served with bread and salad. Most actually consider fisic to be quite tasty if you can overcome the smell. Beyond Dengi, South Korea. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to know. They're a South Korean delicacy, though. Consisting of cooked silkworm pupae. Typically either boiled or steamed, they are a very common street food snack where they are served in a paper cup with a toothpick. Beyond Dengue has a strong, notable taste, but not an unpleasant one, says you, and are said to smell like burned wood. The texture is the most unusual because the larvae are like little bags that, despite being almost empty, sometimes explode in the mouth when mottled. Oh, ah. No, thank you. Camel burger. I've had beefalo. Camel meat is consumed in many countries, including Eritrea, Somalia, Syria, Ethiopia, Djibouti, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Sudan, Libya, and Kazakhstan. And the burger is one of the most simple ways to enjoy it. Camel meat is considered to be one of the leanest red meats available. With a little bit of a sweet aftertaste, camel meat is very similar to beef in terms of flavor and texture. A camel burger looks also looks relatively similar to a traditional beef burger. It actually does. Uh, oh, good gravy. Coconut worms. I'm out because I'm allergic to coconut. Vietnam. Coconut worm is a type of snout beetle at its larva stage. Also known as Duong Duai in Vietnamese, a coconut worm is light yellow in color, generally sweet in taste, and about three to five centimeters long in size. Usually eaten live, nope, nope, a single coconut worm, just one, is sold at around 220, or sorry, 25,000 Vietnamese dong, which is $1 American in Vietnam. Cash, Armenia. Um... I think, I, I'm not sure, I'm looking at this bowl and I think I may see feet, but I may see teeth as well. Kash is an Armenian soup prepared using boiled cow or sheep parts, such as the head, yep, I did see teeth, feet, yep, saw feet, and stomach. Typically concern, consumed early in the morning during the winter season, usually from September to April, it is served with garlic, radish, dried national bread lavish, and homemade vodka. It would take a lot of homemade vodka before I'd eat that. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, those are, are definitely, um, you know, I was hungry when I started this. Uh, I'm not hungry now. So, now we're going to go back to the 20th. 20 weirdest potato chip flavors to ever exist. Since we started out with potato chips, we're going to round it out with potato chips. Um, this is on a website called Eat This, Not That. So for many people, no packaged snack can be a classic potato chip. With just the right amount of salt and grease and the perfect crunch, chips can be one of the most delicious takes on potatoes. Again, they're potatoes. They're not 56% potato. 54% potato, they're potato. Chips can be one of the most delicious takes on potatoes. If you want to venture outside the original flavor profile, chances are high you're a sour cream and onion fan, a salt and vinegar lover, or maybe a cheesy dip devotee. But there are way more adventurous potato chip flavors out there for you to discover if you're really looking to stretch the boundaries of what a wacky flavor really is. I personally like all of those flavors. 
So Pringles came out with cinnamon and sugar potato crisps. It probably just tastes like cinnamon toast. Sure, cinnamon and sugar are a winning combination, but it's not every day you see them on a potato chip. This was a limited edition Pringles flavor from 2014 and 2015 that seems to be inspired by churros. But judging by some seriously disappointed Amazon reviews, it looks like no one misses these sweet chips. Um, Walker's Barbecue Pulled Pork Crisps. Okay. Uh, the UK brand Walkers notably holds do-us-a-flavor competitions in which fans could submit their own chip ideas and vote on their favorites. As a result, Walkers had some pretty weird potato chip flavors over the years, and in 2014, winner Pulled Pork was no exception. The name has changed slightly, but Walkers is still offering pulled pork chips, so it looks like some people are loving the unusual potato chip flavor. Uh, we're back with Lay's. Lay's flaming Hot Dill Pickle Potato. Pickle-flavored chips are one thing, but adding flaming Hot to the mix is a lot. But the flavor isn't even the weirdest thing about these chips. It's that they are actually inspired by music. Flamin' Hot Dill Pickle Remix, which hit stores on March 4th of whatever year this was, is part of a collaboration between Lay's and pop singer Baby... Baby Rexa, called Turn Up the Flavor. There's a pop music chip called Wavy Electric Lime and Sea Salt. Rock chips that are kettle-cooked beer cheese flavor and these flaming Hot Dill Pickle Chips, which are intended to be the hip-hop variety. Hmm, okay. Oots the Crab Chip. Haven't been born in Maryland. I, well, not me, but whoever wrote this. I actually love crab chips, but I can understand why they would seem odd to anyone from outside the state. The chips promise Chesapeake Bay crab seasoning, and they certainly deliver. A fellow Marylander wrote on Influencer, crabs and Old Bay are obviously life, but having it in chip form is amazing. Would highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Hmm. Walker's Roast Chicken Crisps. Or chips. Walkers apparently loves meat-inspired chips, or crisps as they call them in the UK, but it looks like some people really do love these protein-flavored snacks. Best chips ever, one Amazon reviewer wrote. I guess since I love crab chips, who am I to judge? I don't know. I like the, if you're Canadian, you'll know, I like the Swiss Chalet chips. So Pringles has a flame-grilled steak chip. Eating a steak can be positively transcendental if it's cooked right. But can the delicious taste of red meat be replicated onto a potato chip? Pringles seems to think so. One Amazon commenter noted that the chips definitely tasted like flame-grilled steak, though, so at least they're delivering. Slop Pringles again, Sloppy Joe chips. More meat-flavored chips. Actually, Sloppy Joes are a full meal, not just meat. This chip flavor is on another level, even for Pringles. If you're daring enough to try this hot sandwich-flavored chip, they're available on Amazon. Walker's Prawn Cocktail Crisps. All right, if you're determined to try one or more of the unique chip flavors from across the pond, is this is definitely an out-there option. Prawns, a relative of shrimp, probably aren't anything you'd normally associate with potato chips, unless, of course, you're over there eating the kitty-flavored ones. The base on the Amazon reviews of these prawn cocktail walker chips, it sounds like the flavor is more like the taste of a cocktail sauce rather than the fish itself. As a lover of the Old Bay seasoning that Oots Crab Chips offers, I kind of get it. All right. Oh, here we go. Lay's Oregano Potato Chips. Oregano is for pizza, right? Well, in Greece, it's apparently also for chips. Of course, there are much weirder potato chip flavors out there, as we've already discussed, but this is just peak Greek. Nori seaweed flavored chips. These chips are from Thailand, but you can order them on Amazon if you really want to see what the flavor is all about. One Amazon buyer compared the taste to sour cream and onion, which may sound more appealing to you than sushi-inspired chips. Ah... Uh, Pringles ketchup potato chips. Hey, I'm Canadian. We love ketchup chips. Why bother adding condiments to your chips when you can get some with ketchup flavor already built in? At least that's 
what must have gone through someone's mind when they thought of the idea for Pringles. They're imported from Canada, according to Amazon, but even a dubious American wrote that they probably the best flavor of chips I have I have had. They are pretty good. I love ketchup chips. Rock, wait, okay, rock hot chili squid potato chip. What? If fried calamari is out of your price range, you can try this Lay's offering from Thailand. According to one American who had a chance to try these chili squid chips via Amazon, the immediate flavor is the hot chili, but at the end of it, you get a taste of squid. It's actually an awesome flavor that I seriously wish was available in the United States, but definitely worth it. Don't knock it till you try it. Nope. Uh, Maple bacon. Kettle brand. Maple bacon. Maple bacon on its own is already an ambitious flavor combination. But adding that flavor to kettle chips, that's a bold move. Very bold move. That said, the internet seems to love them. One influencer reviewer said, I was surprised how much I liked them. They are the perfect combination of salty and sweet. They kind of remind me of just a better barbecue flavored chip flavor. Oh, yes, the cucumber flavored. Pickle flavored chips are definitely out there, but you probably haven't heard about these salad inspired chips. This Chinese Lay's flavor is definitely unique. Texas barbecue, Pringle strikes again. Different parts of the country have their own regional barbecue styles, and you can try at least two of them from a Pringles can. Pringles offers Texas barbecue and Memphis barbecue, but neither of them can hold a candle to actual barbecue. Sweet basil. These are from Thailand. If the Greek oregano chips didn't strike your fancy, then you could go with sweet basil. And if you get some ketchup, you could almost have spaghetti sauce. Remember with the Pringles commercials, they mix and match and make different flavors? Sausage and onion. There we go. Pringles strikes again. Pringles loves meat flavors chips almost as much as Walker's, apparently. The barbecue sausage and onion flavor is an Australian variety that came out in 2018. And it definitely has its fans. As one reviewer said in her video review, they're really, really, really tasty. Baked scallop with butter and garlic. If you've been looking for potato chips that taste like Red Lobster appetizer, you're in luck. These Thai chips promise the flavor of buttery scallops, all in a potato chip form. These only have two reviews on Amazon, both of which seem to conclude they don't taste like scallops. Maybe that's a good thing. Pringles Pizza Potato Chip. How do you condense the nuanced taste of tomato, mozzarella, and fresh baked dough into a potato chip seasoning? Apparently it's doable because these Pringles have defied all odds and are still available today. Walker's Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. Worcestershire sauce can be a delicious way to season vegetables and meat. But on chips, that's definitely an interesting choice. Yeah. Still not, not, oh, back to the goat head. No, I need to move that. I got to get rid of that page. So there are your weird and wonderful foods inspired by a very bizarre TikTok. Yeah. It's just not right. It's just not right. Weirdness, 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 weirdness. But I guess some of the things that we eat here would be considered weird in other countries. Like that person can considered ketchup flavored potato chips to be weird. I'm from Canada. We consider that normal or all dressed or Swiss chalet sauce flavored. I don't know. I guess it's all perspective and how you look at things, whether it's weird or it's not weird, whether it, it, you know, jives with you or it doesn't to each their own, I guess. Um, so I think I'm going to end this here for this week. I am actually kind of hungry and I want to go and get a little snack, but I'm not eating anything that's on any of those lists. Not even maybe I might have a piece of bread and butter. <laughs> So, all right, everybody, I hope you all have a really good week, and you know the rules. Be the kind friend, and don't lick shit. All right, everybody, see ya. Carry on all the way well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. 
Don't you cry. Don't you cry.